Welcome to Making the Most of Time with me, Elliot Apple. I'm a financial planner and caregiver. To give you a little background, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer when I was 25. Our world was changed instantly, and it's been a constant state of change ever since. Since then, I've been learning about the intersection of money, health, and loss, personally and professionally. This is a place to explore money, loss, and grief. It's about making the most of time, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. There are no taboo topics, no question is off limits. These conversations are for people like you, people who are about to lose a significant other, widows, caregivers, and anybody affected by a major health event. I'm glad you're here. So with that, let's start making the most of time. I get a little personal today because I want to reflect and think back on the last almost six years of healthcare experiences that I've had. And today I'm going to talk about how to advocate for a family member in the hospital. Again, this is based on just my experience. Your experience may be different, but I wanted to tell you some things I've learned and invite you to share with me if there's something in here that resonates with you, or if you found something else helpful to share, I'd love to do another episode on this. So how to advocate for a family member in the hospital. Your loved one is in the hospital. What do you do? How do you navigate the system? How do you advocate for them? If you've never done it, it can be daunting. Even if you have done it, you may still be challenged from the lack of sleep, anxiety, and stress. Unfortunately, providers try really hard to provide updates, explain what is happening, and what resources are available, but most don't have enough time to get family members to a fully comfortable place of understanding. I can't imagine going into a hospital alone. Every time I've been with my family, I'm thankful I was there to advocate. Let me tell you what I've learned over the years to help you advocate for a loved one in the hospital. First, let's define an advocate. When I talk about an advocate, I'm simply talking about a person, family, or friend who communicates with your care team, asks questions, and puts your best interests first while in the hospital. There are hospital patient advocates who are employed by the hospital and try to address patient or family members' concerns. They may also be called patient representatives or social workers. You can also hire elder care consultants to help. I'm not talking about those people when I say advocate today. The person I'm talking about is someone you already know who you've chosen to help advocate on your behalf. Why have an advocate in the hospital? If someone is in the hospital, that means they aren't doing well. I know that seems obvious, but if someone is in pain, delirious, or tired, they may not have the ability to ask good questions, speak up when necessary, or remember what is being said even. An advocate can do those things. They can ask for clarification when something is not understood, push back when they disagree with something, or tell providers what a normal baseline is for a family member. Here are a few more tangible examples. For confusion or delirium, medical providers don't know the baseline of where a person started if they have dementia or have declined cognitively. While a provider might think the current state is the current lifestyle, an advocate may be able to describe the baseline of the cognitive decline and tell providers how far a loved one is from that point. For allergies or bad reactions with drugs, Although allergies are documented in patient charts, people still make mistakes. Sometimes staffing is low and patient count is high. Having an advocate around is another set of ears to hopefully catch any mistakes before they happen. Plus, people respond differently to different drugs. If you know a loved one had a bad experience with a certain drug in the past, not necessarily an allergy, but maybe it caused confusion, you can let the provider know. And then for helping get stuff done in the hospital, this can be as simple as moving a food tray when your loved one is done, pulling the blinds down, or even helping them order food. 
Certified nursing assistants are available, but with full hospitals, sometimes it can be challenging to get everything you want when you want it. Getting stuff done could also mean pushing harder for certain tests, getting social work involved, or asking for certain items. For example, my dad lost his glasses when getting an MRI in the hospital. He told me they didn't know where they were. When I arrived, I asked the nurse if she knew where his glasses were. She said they were with the MRI folks, and instead of trusting the hospital tube system to send them around, she would go pick them up. They arrived within 10 minutes. It was that easy. I want to be clear that being an advocate means speaking up, being confident, and kind. It does not mean being rude, unmoving, and a jerk. Don't be like the man I once heard who would not allow the physician to talk, and she had to keep interrupting to say, I am trying to explain this to you to help it make sense. An advocate can help a patient do what they would do under normal circumstances. Push for the best care possible. What about the legal side of being an advocate? I'm not an attorney here, but I want to talk about some things that you can put in place to make this an easier process based on my experience. When I talk about being an advocate, there are a few steps you can take to give yourself more flexibility. For example, for the hospital to talk with you about without the patient there, such as calling for an update, they may require the patient to sign a Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA, release, allowing medical providers to share information with you. Since you never know how things will go in the hospital, I like to do this as soon as possible. This way, if something goes wrong, you have the ability to speak with providers, get updates, and somewhat advocate. I say somewhat advocate, because if you're not a power of attorney, you won't be able to make medical decisions for your family member if needed. There are times when that is helpful. If you are a power of attorney, I would make sure the hospital has a copy of it on file. Again, I'd do this as soon as possible. Even if you're not a power of attorney, you can still be vocal, ask questions, and help advocate for a family member. Lastly, I would ask the providers if there are any other forms that are important to complete in advance. So how do you actually advocate for a family member in the hospital? Now that you know how I define advocate, why it's important, and what forms you may want to complete, let's talk about how to advocate for them. First, ask questions until you understand. Medicine is filled with jargon. Many providers do their best not to use jargon and make it understandable, but they don't know what you know. They may use a word you don't understand. It's okay to stop and ask them to explain it in another way. Here are a few phrases that may help. I don't understand. Can you say that in a different way? Could you explain the part about, and then explain whatever you're trying to get at, again? Would it be okay if I repeated back what I thought you heard, what I thought I heard you say? I'm not quite understanding. Could you explain what you mean again? I want to make sure I fully understand, and I feel I'm close. How else would you explain what you said? I believe many people are afraid to ask more questions because the provider is busy, they're embarrassed to ask what may seem like a silly question, or simply because of the power dynamics inherent in a hospital setting. It's okay to ask questions. It it really is okay. It's okay to speak up for yourself and your loved one. You may not feel comfortable with what is happening, but you should understand what is happening. I tend to ask many questions, particularly in hospital settings. Here are a few other questions that may help. What does that mean? Can you tell me more about that? What are next steps? What will that test help determine? Can you explain the lab work to me? Where do we go from here? What timeline is typical? What does recovery look like? What is expected of the patient? What is expected of the caregivers? It's difficult to get timelines in a hospital setting because there are many moving parts that rely on other parts that rely on other parts before everything can come together. These questions are meant to help you understand what is going on, the general timeline, and expectations of everybody involved. There's also a great list of questions online. Cancer.net has them. You could try looking those up. 
Although they are specifically for cancer patients, I found many of the questions to apply to any sort of hospital stay. My biggest piece of advice is not to be hesitant in asking questions. It's easy to let the hospital system take over, but remember, they're there to treat the patient and explain what is happening. Sometimes you need to speak up to get better care. Second, carry a pen and notebook with you. I know I'm tempted to use my phone to take notes. You probably are too. But usually, everything is happening too quickly for me to take good notes on my phone. Having a pen and notebook with you can allow you to write down what is said. This is important because you likely haven't slept well, and your memory won't be as strong as usual. At least that's how it is for me. I remember when my dad broke his hip and we were in the emergency department late at night. The doctor was explaining what sort of surgery he would have. Hadn't eaten in a long time. I was extremely tired. I was thankful I had a pen and notebook with me. I could draw how they were going to repair it because there were a few different ways to do it, where he would go next, and any concerns the doctor had. When I woke up the next day, I could reference the notebook. Had I relied on my memory, there's no way I would have remembered even 25% of what the physician had said. You don't need a large notebook. Even a small, small notebook you carry with you every time you go to the hospital can be helpful. As you ask questions, take notes. You never know when you might want to reference them later. Bonus tip here too. I would write the time, day, and who you spoke with on the note. These can be really helpful if you're receiving conflicting information down the road. Third, access the patient portal. Ask if you can get access to the patient portal. Many hospitals have them, and they allow you to see test results, labs, and other critical information. You'll need to obtain permission first, so ask the hospital what is needed. Although it can be confusing knowing what the labs say, it can help you ask more questions and stay on top of things that may be out of the ordinary. Keep in mind providers are seeing many patients, and nobody's going to advocate for someone better than you. It's okay to do your own research, alert them to labs, and ask questions. Next, spend time with your loved ones. Although I've spent most of this talking about how to advocate for a loved one in the hospital by communicating and navigating the hospital system, it's as important to spend time with your loved one. The hospital can be a very disorienting place, particularly for older individuals. If you can, bring items from home that make them feel comfortable. You can bring their glasses, dentures, hearing aids, toothpaste, deodorant, shampoo, and other toiletries they're used to. Hearing aids and glasses are essential for helping to prevent confusion or delirium. You can also bring everyday comforts, depending on their diet, such as coffee, other beverages, or takeout food they enjoy. You might also consider bringing their own pillow, books, pictures of family and friends, phone, laptop, don't forget those charging cords, eye mask, earplugs, or anything else. More importantly, sitting and talking with your loved one may give you time to relax and unwind from the advocate role. So what can you expect from a hospital? It's hard to know what to expect from a hospital. Here are a few things I've learned over the years. Doctors round in the morning. If you call first thing in the morning, you likely won't get much of an update. Doctors normally round earlier in the morning, so I usually don't bother to call until late morning, sometime after 11 or early afternoon. But no, the doctor may not return your call until the evening. I know a lot of doctors tend to prefer doing their normal workday and then calling after that's over. Nurses are a wealth of information. Although it's good to stay in communication with a doctor, you can relay important information to the nurse who can bring it up to the doctor. In my experience, nurses are much easier to get in touch with than the doctor. Certified nursing assistants, or CNAs, are going to make the patient feel comfortable. They help move, bathe, check vital signs, and other things for the patient. They may see and spend the most time with the patient out of all providers. Ask them how your loved one is doing. You may get a different answer or new information. Follow the test results closely. If you can access the patient portal, you can see test results sometimes before the physicians even look at them. This can be helpful when you meet with a physician to ask about any abnormalities. 
Please keep in mind that if a test result is flagged, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a medical issue or something is abnormal. You'll need to weigh whether watching the test results is a net positive, if it will cause you undue stress at home or on family members, if nobody can interpret the test results. Don't expect good communication. I know that's kind of blunt and not great news. In an ideal world, everybody's talking to each other and relaying information timely and accurately. We don't live in an ideal world. Don't be afraid to say things multiple times to different people. When you feel like blaming the providers, remember, the system is set up poorly. You may have a bad provider, but you may also have an extremely busy provider who is understaffed and trying their best to work within the system they were given. Don't expect the patient to sleep well. Besides the constant noise, beeps from the machines, and being in an unfamiliar place, medical providers often have to do vitals every few hours, which means being woken up more than someone probably wants. The goal is to get the patient out as soon as it's safe. Being in the hospital is meant to be short-term. Physicians want to stabilize a patient and get them out as soon as possible with a safe discharge plan. If you feel it's not a safe discharge plan, you can say, this is not a safe discharge plan. Hospitals move slowly. As much as the goal is to get the patient out quickly, hospitals move slowly. Typically, not much happens on weekends. Not not much happens in the evenings either. Unless it's an emergency, you probably won't meet with social workers. There will be very few consults, and it will be more of a holding pattern until Monday or the next morning. Discharge day also tends to move slowly. Discharges almost always happen in the afternoon, and it's almost never clear what the process looks like. I always recommend asking a ton of questions when a patient is being discharged. Each hospital is different. Your experience may be entirely different than mine, but these are the expectations I go in with each time as an advocate. Final thoughts and question for you. Hospitals are a challenging part of the medical system to navigate. You usually interact with many different people. There often isn't a clear plan because the plan depends on too many other variables. In my experience, having an advocate is really important in a hospital setting. Having someone who can take notes, speak up for a loved one, and communicate with providers is critical. If you want someone to advocate for you, make sure you have the legal documents set up, whether that's a HIPAA release, power of attorney for healthcare, or any other document the hospital may require. Don't be afraid to ask many questions, carry a pen and notebook with you, and try to obtain access to the patient portal. Lastly, don't forget to spend time with your loved one. I'll leave you with one question to act on. What will be the one piece of advice you remember for how to advocate for a family member in the hospital? Elliot Apple is an investment advisor representative of Kindness Financial Planning, LLC. However, in hosting this podcast, Elliot is not acting as an investment advisor representative individually or on behalf of Kindness Financial Planning. The information and opinions in this podcast are for general, informational, and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of publication, and such opinions are subject to change. No representation is made as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Any past performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices referenced are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. All investments involve a certain level of risk. You should carefully consider if an investment is suitable for you before making an investment. Please consult your legal, financial, and other professionals to determine what may be appropriate for you.